Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. And God has given you potential. He sees you in ways that you don't yet see yourself. And if you are not careful, the fear that can consume your heart will hold you back from seeing that potential actually realized. Because God has made some of you to teach, he's made some of you to lead, he's made some of you to design, he's made some of you to discover, he's made you to write, he has made you to help heal hurts, he has made you to help the lost be found, he has, he has called you to come alongside people and disciple them, he has, he's gifted you to do those things, but if you're living by fear, you won't enter into and experience the potential and the outcomes that could be there if you were to live by faith. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Everyone has heroes growing up, and even in adulthood. It is these heroes that often can do things we wish we could do. They have a popularity that we can only dream about. When it comes to our relationship with God, He doesn't want us to only have heroes of this world, but also heroes of faith. In this series, we'll be studying a portion of the Bible in Hebrews 11 that is known as the Heroes of Faith chapter. This chapter is full of stories of men and women who had an extraordinary faith in God. While they were not perfect, they were faithful. As we study their stories, we will learn how we can be faithful as well. Please enjoy the message. Instead, the text says this. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you, that when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And this will, Moses, and God says, and this will be the sign that I have sent you, that I have been with you, that I have made all of this happen, that one day on this same mount, that mountain that's known as Horeb, you will know of it as Mount Sinai. I will give you 10 commandments. You will worship me here. And you will know that what it is that has come to pass has come to pass because of me And that will lead to your devotion to me. So Moses says, but who am I that I should go? He's not ready to go. And then again, Moses says, who shall I I say sent me? He's coming up with excuses. And God says, well, tell him I am sent you. I am the one who created. I am the one who controls. I am the one that is responsible for all of this. And Moses still doesn't want any part of it. And he says, but what if they don't believe me? Then here's a staff. And with this staff, God says, you can perform miraculous signs. And then Moses still isn't convinced. He says, but I'm not a good speaker. And he was. He was a good speaker. We'll talk about this in a moment. But he had this uh, misconception of who he was because of the fear that was consuming his life. And then lastly, he says, God, I just don't want to go. Send someone else. And then eventually there comes a moment in which which God asks again. Moses acquiesces acquiesces, and then ultimately he goes to his father Jethro, gets permission, and then he goes off to Egypt to where he confronts Pharaoh. That was God's calling on Moses. What is God calling you to do? What is it that he's calling you to do that maybe you're scared to do? And me, we immediately jump to, well, maybe God wants me to be a missionary. When I told my family that I was going to go into ministry and would go to seminary, they thought, well, well, don't move to Africa. That was the first thing they said to me. I'm like, I'm not moving to Africa. I want no part. My skin is not made for Africa, first of all. I want nothing to do with that. But that's where our mind goes. Or we say, well, I got to quit my job and, and uh, start, a new, st- start this new business. Or, 
You know, I've got to turn my entire life upside down. And, and we think that. In, in some cases, that is the case. But other cases, it's something small. It's something like, well, maybe God just wants you to believe in Jesus. He just wants you to finally believe. And he's calling you. He's working on your heart. He wants you to be serious about him. And you may be trying to get your life together. You may be trying to be your own savior, which at that point, what do you even need a savior for? Maybe he's just calling you to believe. Maybe he just wants you to attend church regularly. Maybe this is, this is a place that you pop into here and there, and it's, but it's a little bit sporadic, and it really works around how well the we, what the weather looks like outside and how things are going and what game is on TV. But God's saying, you know what? Be here regularly. Like This is good for your heart. This is good for your soul. Maybe he wants you to serve in a ministry. That's it. He just wants you to serve a little bit, to help. Maybe he's wanting you to be generous. He's wanting you to stretch yourself a little bit. He's wanting you to give back to him and what it is that he is doing, his plan. Maybe he's wanting you to tell someone about your faith in Jesus. He just wants you to tell them about Jesus. And maybe he's wanting you to pray with your husband or wife. I can't tell you how many conversations over the past six months that I've had with people in this church that have just said, I need to pray with my husband. I need to pray with my wife. It, it has been, I can, like I said, I've lost count. At least a half a dozen conversations. Maybe God wants you to do a Bible study with your children. Maybe he's just been working on your heart and he's calling you to do something like that. It doesn't have to be something big. It just has to be something that's calling you to stop living by fear and start living by faith. Because we can be like Moses. We can say, well, what if my kid gives me an attitude and we're scared? Or what if my spouse... My husband and wife doesn't want to pray with me. Or what if the prayer doesn't go that well? Or what if we do it once or twice and then we don't do it for a while? Why are, why are we talking like this? Why are we scared? What if you tell somebody about Jesus but they don't believe? They just don't believe. You've done what you were supposed to do. God's going to do what he's supposed to do. What if God's calling you to be generous? And then you say, well, but then there's this other vacation that we want to go on. I mean, it's fear of what you might miss out on. Maybe God is saying serve in the ministry, but you're saying, well, but... You know, it's hard to do that because what if, the, what if it's like, you know, they want me to do it once a month or something like that. Maybe God wants you to attend church regularly, but you're like, well, but what if it's nice outside? And God wants you to believe in Jesus. And what if that changes my life? And, and it will. But it's not something to be scared of. It's something to embrace. And so what I want to share with you in regards to Moses is what fear does to you, two things, and then how you can overcome that. The first thing that we see in Moses' case of why we shouldn't live by those types, why we shouldn't let fear destroy our lives, and we should take these steps that God is calling, these, whatever it is God's calling you to come into, is first thing is this, is fear sabotages your potential. Moses said, I'm not a good speaker. He was a good speaker. But what fear does is it causes you to see things a little differently. It causes you not to see yourself accurately. A while back, my wife and I, we were at a hotel, and it was a large hotel, had to have at least 20 stories. And we get on an elevator, and I look at the elevator buttons, and, and the button said, well, for the floors, 10, 11, 12, 14, 15, 16. And, I, and I'm like, where's 13 at? What, what's the deal with 13? Is it this special floor that you can't get to? And I do a little bit of research on it, and these large hotels, they don't have a 13th floor, a lot of them, because people don't like staying on the 13th floor because it's bad luck, because they're scared uh, of what might happen to them if they stay on the 13th floor. But but I thought about that, and I thought, well, that's, that's really weird because 
whatever you, it's still the 13th floor no matter what you call it. If it's after the 12th floor, it's the 13th floor. It can, you can call it the 14th floor or the 114th floor, but it's still the 13th floor. It doesn't really, nothing changes. But fear does that. It causes us to see things a little differently, to not see things as they actually are, to not see ourselves as God sees us. And Moses says, I'm not a good speaker. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. First century Jewish historian Josephus, he said that Moses, the tradition of Moses, was that he was a general in Pharaoh's army. Now let me tell you something about generals. Now I've never met a general, but I know this. You have to be a good speaker if you're a general. And you have to be a good leader if you are a general. And so what's going on with Moses? Well, Moses was consumed by his fear. Exodus is a historical narrative. This is the actual conversation that happened between Moses and God. But the scriptures later on in Acts 7, they correct this notion of that Moses had of himself when Stephen said this in Acts chapter 7. Moses was ex- ed- educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. Now, he didn't believe that about himself, and he resisted God's calling on his life because of that. But it was true. And God has given you potential. He sees you in ways that you don't yet see yourself. And if you are not careful, the fear that can consume your heart will hold you back from seeing that potential actually realized. Because God has made some of you to teach. He's made some of you to lead. He's made some of you to design. He's made some of you to discover. He's made you to write. He has made you to help heal hurts. He has made you to help the lost be found. He has has called you to come alongside people and disciple them. He's gifted you to do those things, but if you're living by fear, you won't enter into and experience the potential and the outcomes that could be there if you were to live by faith. Sometimes we can be like uh, the, the servants who Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 25. Three servants, one master, The master gives one servant five talents, the other servant two talents, and the other servant one talent. The one with five turns it to ten, the one with two turns it to the one with two turns it to four, and the one with one, well, he doesn't do anything with what was given to him. Matthew 25 says this. When the when the master asked him why it is that he didn't do anything with what was given to him, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out. And hid your gold in the ground. See, here it is what belongs to you. He was rebuked by the master and ultimately rejected. If you live by fear, you will never reach the potential that you could. Don't let the devil make you live by fear 
and miss out on all that God would have for you. The second thing that fear does to us is it destroys your dreams. Moses, he had a dream. He had a calling. Now his methods were a little bit off, but he realized that what's happening between the Egyptians and the Israelites shouldn't be. That's not the way it was supposed to be. And, and he wanted to enter into this situation and do something about it. And he tried, but his people rejected him. They pushed back on him. And he gave up on that dream. He gave up on that dream, didn't he? But in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, the Bible tells us that one of the signs of when the Holy Spirit comes upon us is that we will have dreams and that we will have vision. It says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. What, what are you dreaming about now? What kind of a vision has God given you? What kind of a calling is there for you? Do you even have a dream? Or are you scared to have a dream? Are you scared to dream of something greater than yourself? What, is, what exactly could that thing be? What is that thing for you? In the case of the Israelites, they eventually made it through the Red Sea and they got away from Pharaoh and his army. And just as they were on the cusp of taking the promised land, in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, Moses has to send out some spies into the promised land to do some reconnaissance. Twelve come back of the spies. Caleb and Joshua believe that they can take the land. The other ten don't. This is what they actually say of themselves. That we went into the land in which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit, and they literally gave Moses some fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. The Amalekites, the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, and Canaanites. I mean, they're scared of everybody. You can throw mosquito bites on there, for that matter. And the cities are fortified and very large. We seem like grasshoppers in our eyes. They're scared. And they're seeing themselves in an with an inaccurate perspective of themselves because fear is consuming them. And we look the same to them. I mean, Moses doesn't do this, but I mean, I would almost think Moses would say, oh, really, did they tell you that? Did they tell you that you look like a grasshopper? Well, no, no, they didn't say that, but they were thinking it. They were thinking that. You gotta be pretty, you gotta have a pretty low self um, view of yourself to think that you are the size of a grasshopper. Don't let the devil make you believe that you're a grasshopper. Don't let the devil rob you of your dreams and make you think that whatever it is that God is wanting you to do or calling you to do, and again, it doesn't have to be something grandiose, it could be these small things in our lives. Don't let him rob you of that to the point that you don't pursue the dreams that God is placing on your heart because fear will destroy your dreams. And so how is it that we transition from this fear to faith? What is it that happened with Moses? I'm gonna give you two things that we see in Moses' life. It's by no means an exhaustive list. There are many other things that we can do to help us transition from fear to faith. But as we consider Moses, what it is that he does is this. The first thing that we see with Moses is, is that he quit trying to run his life and he let God do it. He gave, him, he gave God all of these rebuttals and these excuses for why it is that he couldn't go to Pharaoh. But inevitably there came this moment in which Moses stopped giving God excuses and then he went to his father-in-law Jephro to get, get permission to go to Egypt and that's exactly what he did. Now what's interesting to me about this is, is that God doesn't sit down with Moses and talk about all of his concerns. He, he, he gives him a response but he doesn't work through all of Moses' fears and all of Moses' baggage. He doesn't do he doesn't work through so many of the things that often hold us back from allowing God to truly run our lives, allowing God to truly, or allowing us to truly pursue what it is that God is calling us to do. He doesn't do it. He doesn't sit with Moses and say, Moses, let's talk about how you grew up in two homes. 
You had your mother's home, and then you had the palace. Let's talk about the effects that that had on you. God doesn't do that. God doesn't sit down with Moses and say, it must have been pretty hard being an Israelite in an Egyptian palace. They must have called you a lot of names. God doesn't do that either. God doesn't say, Moses, well, let's take a personality assessment so you can figure out who exactly you are and you can realize that you really have the gifts to go to Pharaoh. God just says, you need to go to Pharaoh and you need to tell him to let my people go. And all of these insecurities, all these struggles, all these fears should go away because I will be with you. But why should you surrender your life to God? Why is it that you should do that? I had a mentor of mine, his name is Bob Russell. He, he shared with me, he said, Phil, you will find no value in life apart from God. He said that there are seven, it's 7.7 7 billion people on this planet and nearly all of them could care less about you. They will never know you lived. They will never care what you did. They won't care that you were here. You will live and you will die and you will move on. That's the value that you will have to this world if you were living for this world. Most, most of us, that'll be the case is there won't be a lot of value that we can find from this world, no matter how much we achieve. We might get a little bit of notoriety here and there, but if we're not living for God, well, I mean, we'll just end up with ourselves, and that won't, end, and that won't be much. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the Give tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. And then Bob shared this quote with me. He said, there are things that are loved because they are valuable, and there are other things that are valuable because they are loved. It's by Ian, Ian Watson. And the point Bob was making is that if you want to have value in this life, you have to attach yourself to God and how it is that he has loved you. What I'm saying is this, is that my let me illustrate it this way. My daughter has a blanket, and it is the nastiest blanket I've ever seen, Okay. And she loves that blanket, though. And it has holes in it. It has stains on it. it. It is worth absolutely nothing. But I could not spend enough money to replace that blanket. Now, why is it that that blanket has value? It's not because it's valuable. It has value because it's loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that who shall ever believe in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. If you want to have value in, your, in this world, if you want to make a real difference in this world, if you really want to impact this world, then you have to start living for him. You have to start living by faith for whatever it is that he's calling you to do. If you don't, you'll end up with just yourself. And that's really not that much to end up with. But if you can live for him, you become a part of that plan of salvation that we talked about earlier, that plan that, that is ultimately going to lead to a consummation of all of history and all of time into everything that God is calling this world to be. And you get to be a part of that. 
I get to be a part of that. But we can't live by fear if we're going to be a part of that. We have to live by faith. And the second thing that we find that Moses had to do to start living by faith was this, is that he had to quit focusing on himself. Quit focusing on yourself and focus on helping others. Moses, if you go back, I mean, it was incredibly narcissistic what he was saying to God with the excuses. He was saying, I, 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 I. And if I were to paraphrase God in that moment, I would say God had, had a, had a, could have had a response to Moses like this. He could have said, Moses, I know you're concerned about you, and I know you're worried about how these people are going to respond to you, and I know that you don't think that you're that good of a speaker. But there are two million people in Egypt who are being beaten, tortured, in some cases killed, and they cry out to me every minute of every day. And Moses, you need to stop worrying about yourself. And stop trying to build this little life of yours that you've got on the backside of this mountain. And you need to go to Pharaoh and you need to tell him to let those people go. And I will be with you every step of the way. But you have to start thinking about them and stop thinking about you. Maybe that's why Jesus said in Matthew 16, 25, that whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me, he will find it. And Jesus said, that the, the first will be last and the last will be first. And he said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. That it's not about you. Ultimately, we need to make it about God and we need to make it about loving others. That can be hard to do. I met with a missionary that we support as a church. His name is Tyler Maxwell this past week. His wife, Amy, and him have spent quite a bit of time in Nairobi, Kenya. They minister to people called the street boys, they're boys that are orphans. They live on streets. And most of them sleep under overpasses. They dig through garbage to find food and find things that they might resell. He told me a story of one of the first experiences that he had with the street boys in this ministry that he was in with a retired military officer. They were ministering to this particular community. And the officer, at the end of the day, gave one of the boys a hug that he had been spending some time with. When he gave the boy the hug, the boy like straightened up. He's startled. Other people took notice too. Everybody was staring. This gentleman asked, why is everyone looking at us? The boy responded, well, well, no one hugs us. No one has ever hugged us. And he said, we all have lice and fleas, ticks, diseases. Nobody wants to touch us. And when the man heard that, he was cut to the heart. And he went and he hugged every one of those boys that were there that day with the strongest, hardest, longest hug that they had ever had in their entire lives. And why did he do that? Because he wasn't thinking about himself and he was thinking about helping others. Years later, they still talk about that man. Such a small thing. But when we stop living by fear and start living by faith, those are the kind of stories that we get to be a part of. And that's the kind of plan that God has for us to be a part of. I like how John puts it. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. Perfect love drives out fear. 
And that perfect love is God. Your love isn't perfect. My love's not perfect, but God's love is perfect. And that means that you don't have to be scared of cancer. You don't have to be scared of rejection. You don't have to be scared of not getting married. You don't have to be scared of running out of money. You don't have to be scared of losing your job. You don't have to be scared of your spouse getting mad at you. You don't have to be scared of your, of your children, you know, not reaching their potential. You don't have to be scared of all the things that you're scared of because perfect love casts out all fear. It just drives it out. And when we live by faith, we get to experience that kind of love. It doesn't mean that those things won't happen. It doesn't mean that you won't have those types of experiences, but it does mean that you don't have to be scared of them anymore. And so the challenge for you today is to just take a step. Just take one step from living by fear to being able to live a little bit more by faith. Let's have a word of prayer and the team will continue to lead us in worship. Gracious Heavenly Father, most of us in this room have a spirit that's been given to us. It's a spirit that is not a fear but it, or timidity, but it's a power. Father, may that spirit guide us. May that spirit lead us towards living by faith. I don't know what you're calling the people in this room to do, but you do. Father, may they quit walking by that burning bush and take notice of it and respond to that calling not with an excuse but with a yes I will go I will go wherever you want me to go and Lord may we all prove to be faithful servants of yours with the talents and the gifts that you have given us in Jesus Christ's name To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.